Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, December 21st, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics, also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back, and make sure you tell them I sent you. Once again, the website is BeantownAthletics.com. So as we begin the Christmas week, a little update on the schedule. No shows on Thursday and Friday, obviously. So just three shows this week, today, tomorrow on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday and Wednesday show, I'll preview all of Week 16 in the NFL. I'll even give you my picks for Week 16 in the NFL because coming off of Week 15, well, after a perfect 5-0 Week 14, I am back to 500. I went 4-1 and this week. The only game that I lost was the Jets on Saturday night. The Jets were a four-point favorite. In Dallas against the Cowboys. The Jets won the game, but they did not cover. They did not cover the four points. They won, uh, but they did not cover. I felt good about the Jets in this one. They got a little banged up, and now they play the New England Patriots in a must-win game for the Jets because Pittsburgh won yesterday. We'll get into... I'll get into all the playoff implication stuff and what the playoff picture looks like uh, on today's show before I wrap it up, but just to go over my picks... I am now with with the fact that I went four and one this week. I am now 37, 37 and one on the season. Thirty-seven wins, thirty-seven losses, and a push. So it's good to get back to five hundred. The last two weeks I went nine and one. So if you're tuning in on Friday and you're paying attention to my picks, I do it every Friday. But this week I'm going to do it on Wednesday. Well, I hope you continue to ride the hot hand because right now I am. Hot as a pistol. Hot as a pistol. 5-0 and last week, 4-1 and this week. That is 9-1 and in the last two weeks. And, uh, again, the game I got, I got wrong was the Jets. But other than that, the Vikings minus 6 over the Bears in Chicago. You know, a little concern when Adrian Peterson went down with a sprained ankle in this one. But they are saying that Peterson will return next week. He will play next week as the Vikings have a, another big game. They're 9-5, and five, but they play the Giants. You know, the Giants will be hungry. Giants lost to Carolina. Uh, but the Vikings, two big games against the Giants and then against Green Bay. They're going to need Adrian Peterson. Reports are they will have him, even though yesterday he sprains that ankle on this one, limps off the field. You know, I'm sitting there having the Vikings at minus six in Chicago over the Bears, and I was a little concerned, but it was fine. Minnesota wins 38-17, so they cover on that one. And then the Redskins, a a one-and-a-half point underdog at home against the Bills. Even though the Redskins were going into this game with a record under five hundred. You know, they're still a first-place team in their division. I thought it was a little crazy since they're going into Buffalo, a team that, you know, I guess 
mathematically going into that game yesterday was in a playoff race, but realistically, the Bills really weren't in a playoff race. They needed a lot of other stuff to go right for them, along with them sort of winning out. So I thought it was a little crazy that the Redskins were underdogs in this game, uh, but they beat the Bills and they cover in this one. Uh, the Washington Redskins now at 7-7 seven and seven on the season. They went at 35-25. to 25. The Redskins have not clinched anything, though they remain in first place in their division. The Philadelphia Eagles, they lost to the Cardinals last night on Sunday Night Football, and the Giants lost to Carolina. Uh, so Washington with a big win for them. I took them at plus 1.5, so I cover that game. I took the Chargers, minus 2, over the Dolphins in San Diego. Uh, you know, two teams that are not in any playoff race anymore, but it potentially is the last game in San Diego. So I made this pick sort of as a sentimental pick, right? There was an emotional an emotional aspect to this where I didn't think San Diego was going to lose their game knowing Phillip Rivers being the quarterback. It could be the last game in San Diego. Well, they didn't disappoint. They scored 30 points. They win it 30-14, to 14, and the Chargers cover as a two-point favorite over the Dolphins in San Diego. And then my fourth game, the fourth game I got right, was the last game of Sunday, last night, Sunday night football. The Cardinals, I took a minus four over the Eagles in Philadelphia. Little scare there for Arizona. Couple things, right? The honey badger goes down with an injury. And I guess you hope that's just a little bit of a twist and nothing too serious with that knee. And you also had uh, Carson Palmer, your quarterback. He did something to his throwing hand. Looked like maybe the finger, index finger of his throwing hand knocked out of the socket. But he was able to come back in that game uh, but that's something to keep an eye out for. But Arizona wins at 40-17, to 17, and I win four of my five picks. And again, in the last 10 games, I am 9-1 and one in my last 10 picks. In the last two weeks, I give you five games with the spread every single week. I'll make my picks for week 16 on Wednesday's podcast because of the shortened week. So that's what my picks look like. I told you I was tempted to take the Giants at plus five against Carolina, and the Steelers minus six and a half uh, against the Denver Broncos. Now, I would have won both of those, so I'm going pretty well right now. We get the Monday night game tonight. Detroit in New Orleans, the Saints are a three-point favorite. I'm going to tell you to stay away from it. I'm going to stay away. Yeah, I I, I don't pick every game for a reason. I pick the ones I like, and uh, I, I just... I'm, I'm not going to go near this. These are two teams that are down and that are out. I, what's at stake? You might have some guys who are playing for their jobs step up that maybe we're not talking about that could surprise you. So I would stay away from the spread in this one tonight as we wrap up week 15. But let's get to some of the games that were meaningful to the playoff race because that's all that matters right now. In both conferences, in both the AFC and the NFC, we have... The same number of teams that are on the outside looking in that is still alive. In the AFC, the teams that are on the outside looking in that is still alive. The 9-5 and five Jets. The 6-8 and eight Indianapolis Colts. The 5-9 and nine Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Colts and the Jaguars are only alive because of their division. Because of how bad their division is. But... 
How about the Houston Texans now? If the playoffs sort of begin today, Houston is in being first place in that shit division with a 7-7 and record because they beat Indianapolis. Houston beats Indy yesterday. Indy without Andrew Luck once again. They're saying he could return next week, and they're going to need him. Uh, but the Texans, they lost TJ Yates in this game. So no Hoya, no Yates. You know, if they cut Mallet weeks ago, they go with Brandon Whedon, who at one point this season was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys that I told you I, I, I don't think got a fair enough shot. I think they rushed to sign Matt Castle and bring him in because on Matt Castle's resume, it read he was a guy that took over for the Patriots and won 11 games when their elite superstar quarterback went down. When Tom Brady went down, Castle stepped in and was part of an 11-win team. It's on his resume, and I think the Cowboys just fell in love with the fact that that was on his resume a little too much and weren't really realistic about what Matt Castle actually is and what the Patriots were that year that Matt Castle took over for Tom Brady, right? I mean, that was a team that was coming off a a perfect regular season the year before. So, I mean, I I don't think the Cowboys did themselves any favors by going with Matt Castle. We know Romo came back, then he got hurt again, so they had to go back to Matt Castle, uh, and, and they basically got rid of Brandon Whedon, even though... I go back to some of the games Whedon lost. They were against tough teams, one. And two, you know, remember that one game against New Orleans with his Sunday night football? You know, he drove them down the field, put them in position to win. And the, it was really the Cowboys' defense that just could not make a stop in that game. I don't blame that on Whedon. In fact, I thought he played great. Uh, I'm not trying to tell you that Brandon Whedon is an elite quarterback, is a top-of-the-line QB in this league, but he's a former first-round pick. He's somebody that never really has been given a long-term shot. And look, is he going to win a playoff game with the Texans? Most likely not. But it looks like he could help them get in. They are now at 7-7, and Houston is now in first place. Brandon Whedon comes in, and he helps the Houston Texans uh, to a win over the Colts yesterday. And now the Colts are on the outside looking in. So the Jets, the Colts, and the Jaguars on the outside looking in in the AFC, but they're still alive. Those are the only three teams that are on the outside that are still alive. In the NFC, there are three teams on the outside looking in that are still alive. Atlanta at 7-7. They beat Jacksonville yesterday, um, though I was not convinced during this game that they were going to win that game. They won it 23-17. So Atlanta's alive at 7-7. You got the Eagles at 6-8 and and the Giants at 6-8. Both of those teams still alive. They both lost yesterday. uh, And... Unfortunately for them, Washington won their game. So Washington is getting the wins that they need. The Eagles and the Giants are not. Now, obviously, the Eagles and the Giants had uh, much better competition yesterday. But those, those are the teams that are still alive. So we got a lot of teams now that are officially becoming eliminated, even though if you've listened to this show and listened to this podcast, I told you a lot of these teams that were mathematically alive going into yesterday's games, realistically, they weren't really alive. So, here's what the playoff picture looks like with the teams that are in. In the AFC, if the playoffs begin today, the Patriots with their win over the Tennessee Titans yesterday at Gillette Stadium, as banged up as the Patriots may be, here they are at 12-2. and They have not only clinched the division, They have also clinched a first-round bye because they needed to win, and they needed Pittsburgh 
to beat the Denver Broncos. And that is exactly what happened. I told you Pittsburgh was going to beat Denver. So because Pittsburgh beats Denver, the Patriots, with their win, the Patriots clinch a first round bye. So the Patriots are the one seed at 12 and 2. The Bengals are the two seed at 11 and 3. They beat the San Francisco 49ers yesterday. Uh, no Andy Dalton. We know A.J. McCarron under center. They go into San Fran. Uh, they beat the 49ers. 24 to 14, uh, and they are at 11 and 3 now. So Cincinnati, they have clinched a playoff berth, and we're still waiting to see who gets the other first round by in the AFC because Denver is the three seed with their loss to Pittsburgh at 10 and 4. The question with the Broncos now will be who's their quarterback moving forward. Osweiler got a little banged up in this game yesterday. The non-throwing shoulder or the non-throwing arm it looked like. So keep an eye on that storyline. Peyton Manning was not dressed yesterday. He was on the sideline. Uh, He basically called the reports that say he demanded he won't be the backup when he's healthy. He called those reports bullshit. We'll see how it plays out. But... It, you know, Denver is a team now that's at 10-4. and four. They might go back to Peyton Manning. And if you've listened to me, you know that I think they probably should. But Denver's the three seed. Houston's the four seed. Kansas City with another win yesterday. They are now 9-5. and five. The Kansas City Chiefs have won eight straight games. They are the five seed. And the Pittsburgh Steelers with their win over Denver, even though the Jets won, the Pittsburgh Steelers now uh, lead the tiebreaker over the Jets based on common games record. And uh, because of that win yesterday, the Pittsburgh Steelers move up into the sixth seed and the final wild card spot. So if the playoffs began today in the AFC, the Patriots and the Bengals have the first round bye. The Steelers would be going to Denver to take on the Broncos in the first round and the Chiefs would be going to Houston, in which you'd see Brandon Whedon as the quarterback for the Texans in a playoff game. How about that? Cowboys are out. Brandon Whedon finds himself the QB for the Texans in the playoffs. Could you imagine if that's the storyline now? Hey, Houston has not clinched anything yet because the Indianapolis Colts, you look at their schedule, they're at Miami. If they're getting Andrew Luck back, they should win that game. Then they play Tennessee. They should win that game. You saw how bad the Titans were yesterday if you watched the Patriots-Titans game. So Indy could very well finish up at 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't put it past them to do that. Um, and then you look at Houston, their schedule. Two, they go to Tennessee next week. Houston should win that. And then they play Jacksonville. Um, well, I mean... Jacksonville does have some weapons. There have been times this season, even though they're 5-9, and nine, there have been times that they've surprised me. So I, I, I don't know that I want to sit there and call that Houston-Jacksonville game a definite win for the Houston Texans. But the Texans, they have not clinched. Just because they win this game, it's not over. It just gives them, it gives them the edge. Like if you're Indy, you talk about, you know, tie, Indy need. You needed to beat Houston if that's the team that you want to win any type of tiebreaker with. Uh, that's an obvious an obvious thought. But right now, Houston's in and Indy is out. And you look at the Jets on the outside looking in. And the reason I called, you know, look, they, they won. They won their game. But they got banged up. And they'll be playing a banged up Patriots team next week at home. And I don't think the Jets are going to beat the Patriots. I really don't. 
I really don't think the Jets are going to beat the Patriots. I think the Patriots' defense is playing that good right now that even with some of the injuries they have, and look, the Patriots are making moves. Steven Jackson reports are that, and we talked about this last week, he was talking to the team, he was working out with the team. Well, reports that Steven Jackson has signed with the New England Patriots. Steven Jackson, last year with the Falcons, 15 games, 707 rush yards, and six touchdowns. He's a big body. He's not the same guy he once was, but if you're asking for a big body to step in and do something similar to what LeGarrette Blunt brought you, Steven Jackson is someone that's a very intriguing uh, body to throw back there in that backfield. Now, you got to give Patriots credit where credit's due because they bring up this kid, Joey Usefa, and I don't even, they're saying that's the way they pronounce his name on the broadcast, Joey Yosefa, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I I was on WEI Saturday pronouncing it Eosefa. So apparently it's Yosefa, Yosefa, Joey Yosefa. We don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name. 14 carries, 51 yards on the ground yesterday. Had a couple big runs in this one to move the chains. And he led the team in rushing. Now, they used James White in a big role yesterday, but really to catch passes out of the backfield, James White with seven receptions, 71 yards. Brandon LaFell, four receptions for 88 yards, two touchdown passes from Brady. They go to James White and Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski playing with a heavy heart yesterday. One of his good friends passed away, and you saw in that touchdown, he points up to the sky um, on that one. But the Patriots yesterday... They get the win 33-16. It wasn't the most convincing win in the world, but at this stage of the game, it doesn't need to be. If if the Patriots beat the Jets, you know, because you look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati now is playing at Denver. They're playing at Denver next week. Sunday night football, I believe, right? So that's a huge game, and I guess I guess you root for, for Denver, right? If you want to, if you're looking for the, we, the Patriots have clinched the first round by, but now you're looking to clinch the number one seed in the AFC. And a win from the Patriots, I think, should do it, right? With Cincinnati having 11 wins, if the Patriots win 13, that that could be it, right? Well, since he goes to Denver, then they play Baltimore. I guess Cincinnati, they could finish with 13 wins as well. But the Patriots, I think I think Patriots are just going to run the table here. They get the next two at the Jets, at Miami. I think the Patriots win the next two. I think that's just the way they're going to go about their business and, and handle it. And I know they're all banged up, and Amendola left the game yesterday. Um, and there was even one point in time where Gronk was walking up, maybe flexing that leg. You, know, you got the injury to Hightower. You have, uh, you know, I just told you the kid they called up from the – Right, and from the practice squad to, to rush for 50 yards. I mean, the Patriots, some bullets have been dodged, others haven't, but they signed Steven Jackson. They've We've seen them bring some other kids off the street to be successful, like a Leonard Johnson, uh, the cornerback. So the Patriots, they still have Tom Brady, and they still have Bill Belichick, and the New York Jets, like I mentioned, they got banged up a little bit against Dallas on Saturday night, or whatever it was, Thursday night football on Saturday night. I expect the Patriots to win the next two. I expect the Patriots to finish with 14 wins. Now, if Denver beats Cincinnati and the Patriots win, then we're talking about, okay, do you rest guys for week 17 in Miami? 
when you have the first round bye. And it's funny because people are doing, they're having this conversation now about even Carolina because the Carolina Panthers, they, and I'll get to the NFC in a minute, but they beat the Giants yesterday. And I'll get to the whole Odell, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Josh Norman situation. And it was one heck of a situation yesterday. But um, people are talking about the Carolina Panthers now because they're 14-0. and uh, They have clinched the division. They've clinched a first-round bye. They are going to be most likely the Carolina Panthers are going to win out or at least have the ability to do so at Atlanta and then against Tampa Bay. And the question is, well, do you rest some guys moving moving forward? That's what everybody says. And all the, the microphone heroes or the media heroes, everybody is so quick to say, yes, you got to rest this guy. You can't get this guy hurt. You can't get that guy hurt. I mean, how many weeks do you want a team like Carolina to take off? If you want to have success in the playoffs, to me, I think these guys want to play. And I think as an organization, you should want them to play too. I think it's just a bad mentality to go into it and say, well, we don't want to risk injury here today. I just think that's a, I think that's a shit mentality. And I don't think that's going to work for, I don't think that's going to work for you. I don't think it's going to work for someone. I really don't. Because I want to see my team firing on all cylinders. There is a rust factor. I believe in it. And uh, especially when you get in the first round by, especially when you get in the first round by. I think it's ridiculous. Look, if you want to start guys in week 17, give them a first half and maybe come out the second half and and don't, then that's more realistic than just having your starters sit for two straight weeks. I don't believe in it. And when it comes to the Patriots, I don't want to see that happen as banged up as they've been and continue to get. I want to see them keep playing. I want to see them go into the playoffs on a roll. You get the first round by. You want the first round by. But you don't want two weeks off. I think two weeks off in a row going into a must-win game. Because keep in mind, the teams that have the first round bye, they will be playing a team that is coming off a playoff win, that is feeling very good about themselves, right? That's probably clicking and firing on all cylinders. You want to go into that game with two full weeks off? You absolutely do not. I don't care what type of injuries you are risking in weeks 16 and 17. I have some people on in Carolina to not put their starters out against Atlanta. And I'm going, what? how many weeks do you want them to take off? That makes no sense to me. So when it comes to when bringing it back here to the AFC, the Patriots now, I say start, you start everybody you can. Someone like Julian Edelman, the question will be, do you need to put him out for Week 17? You need to play him in that game in Miami? Um, I mean, look, I think if you're confident that he's ready to go and can play and, and the doctors say, well, you know, he's good, then I think, I think you got to put him out there at some point. I do. Let him get a couple reps. You don't have to play him the whole game. I, but a couple reps, I, I, I think you need to do that. But uh, right now, the Patriots, they've clinched the first round by, and you keep an eye on Cincinnati, Denver next week. I mean, Houston, because they win that battle and they got the head-to-head, I mean, it's it, their schedule isn't impossible. The Jacksonville game I told you in Week 17, I don't think it's a guaranteed win, but it does look like now Houston could be the team that wins that division. Kansas City, they got Cleveland and Oakland. I think they're going to win out. 
And you got Pittsburgh Baltimore against Baltimore and Cleveland. Pittsburgh's going to win out. I think that's it for the Jets, you know, and because and, I don't think they're going to beat the Patriots anyways. So, so I think the Jets are done. I think the way the AFC looks right now, at least the six teams that are in, maybe not in this exact order, I think, um, I think this, these are the six teams in the AFC that you're going to see in the playoffs. And, I mean, if you're asking me to put my money on Pittsburgh against Denver, in Denver, I mean, Pittsburgh looks like one of the best teams in the league. And we've, I've been saying this for weeks. I said it in week two when the Patriots beat them. I said, if ben, Big Ben stays healthy, you know, they're going to be a tough team to play in the playoffs, and you might have to see them again. And guess what? If Pittsburgh has the sixth seed, if they if they beat the three seed, if they beat Denver in the first round of the playoffs, Pittsburgh comes to New England. And, and, and that's where I, again, get into, I don't want to see the Patriots starters get all this rest and have to step into a shitstorm against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who would be really feeling good about themselves in that game. So it's gonna it's gonna be wild, but uh, this is what we have in the AFC and over in the NFC. Carolina, if the playoffs begin today, Carolina's the one seed at fourteen and zero. Arizona's the two seed at twelve and two. So Carolina, Arizona, they get the first round by uh, in the wild card round. Green Bay is the three seed. They would be hosting the six seed Minnesota Vikings. And the Redskins, the four seed, and the Seahawks, the five seed. So nothing changed in the NFC yesterday. And in fact, I think this is the way the NFC is going to look too. So I think the 12 playoff teams that we currently see, six in the AFC, six in the NFC, I think these are the 12 playoff teams that we're going to see in the playoffs in a couple weeks. Um, The order could change here or there just a little bit, right? But... I, 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 these are the teams that you're going to see. And when you look at some of these games yesterday, I mean, going back to that Carolina Giants game, uh, the Giants, give them credit for coming back. You know, they fought, and they had to win that game because they're 6-8. and eight. Yes, they still have a shot in the division, but they play at Minnesota next week. That's not an easy game. It's really not. And is that, what is that? Is that the Sunday night game? On the Monday night game. Now we got Saturday night games, so I'm we're trying to figure out the uh, the schedule. Um, the Monday night game, oh, excuse me, I said Cincinnati-Denver next week is the Sunday night. Cincinnati-Denver is the Monday night. The Giants-Vikings is Sunday night. So that Giants-Vikings game, I mean, that's a tough game for the G-men. And, uh, you know, even if they went out, it doesn't mean shit because the Redskins don't have a difficult schedule. They play Philly. So if you're the Giants, I guess you you, ha- you have to be rooting for for Philly in that one. I know maybe you root for the Redskins and then you root for Dallas to beat Washington. Bottom line is this. Bottom line is this. I don't think the Giants are getting in. I don't even think the Philadelphia Eagles are getting in, though where they play Washington – I guess you got to give them a shot. Atlanta at 7-7, seven and seven, they're not going to get in. It's just too little too late for the Falcons with their win yesterday over Jacksonville. But, uh, look, the Giants put up a fight against Carolina yesterday. And this game, all the talk in this game is about Odell Beckham Jr. losing his fucking mind. He lost his mind. And uh, when I'm watching it, I'm saying to myself, you got to, this guy needs to be ejected from the game. 
All right, I am shocked that the that the the officials in this game. Though maybe I shouldn't be shocked that the officials got something wrong. I guess I shouldn't be shocked with that. It was so blatantly obvious. Like they didn't even give him a flag when he caught the game tie and touchdown, and he stepped over Josh Norman, a la Tyron Lou and Allen Iverson, where Allen Iverson stepped over uh, Tyron Lou, right, with that baseline shot in the NBA Finals back in the day. Sixers versus the Lakers. That's exactly what it was. That They've been calling so many flags in the NFL with regards to celebrations and things that people do in the end zone when they score that I'm shocked. I don't even think they threw a flag on that, did they? I don't think so. If, if they did, I apologize if I'm wrong, but they, here's my point. Here's my point. Odell Beckham Jr. should have been ejected from the fucking game anyways. And... You know, they look, him and Josh Norman, cornerback for the Panthers, Odell Beckham Jr. and Josh, Josh Norman, they were going back and forth, slapping each other, throwing each other down. All right, maybe the, the right hand that Odell Beckham Jr. landed, you know, the open hand, stiff arm right to the jaw of Josh Norman, that was a little much. I, I would have thrown a flag. I would have maybe warned him, would have warned the coaches, hey, this has got to stop. When the Giants were trailing 35-7 to in this one, late in the third quarter, Shane Vereen ran it up the middle, and Odell Beckham Jr. was up the right sideline. You've seen it by now. He rushes back into the play. He's going to make a block, and basically he starts licking his chops because he knows he gets a chance to lay a block on Josh Norman as Norman goes to make a tackle on Shane Vereen. Odell Beckham Jr., he just turned on the Jets, he did a full sprint, and then he lunged headfirst at Josh Norman and smashed him helmet to helmet. Took his helmet and hit him in the jaw. And I'm sorry, you gotta be ejected out. Not only should you be ejected with that type of bullshit, dirty hit, that's a scumbag hit. That's what that is. Oh, That's a scumbag hit. Now, I've praised Odell Beckham Jr. many times on this show Basically going back to how I originally felt about him, where I said, you know, and he makes these one-handed grabs, and he does. He puts on a show for the fans before the game. That's great. At first, I didn't know if he was going to be an elite receiver in this league. And guess what? I told you I was wrong. So I've been praising Odell Beckham Jr., especially what he did, what was it, Monday night against the Dolphins, that game he had. Um, he's turned into a, an elite, a great, a, one of the top wide receivers in all of football. He is that much of a game changer. But I've also told you, I don't like his act. I don't like his act. I think it's a little too much. It's a little too over the top. I, I don't like it. And I especially didn't like his act yesterday. I thought, you know, we talk about in the NHL, dirty hits and dirty plays. Man, Odell Beckham Jr., what he did by running full speed into Josh Norman and hitting him in the head, helmet to helmet, hitting him in the jaw with his helmet. I've never seen anything like that. That's as dirty a hit in any sport as you're going to see. And I think he should have been ejected from the game, and he wasn't. He should have been ejected, and he should be suspended. Now, because he wasn't ejected, he should basically Odell Beckham Jr. should not play another game this season. He shouldn't. He really shouldn't play another game this season. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm not going soft on you. I think that was a bullshit hit. I do. I think it was bullshit. I did, there, was, there is absolutely no need for that in any sport. 
okay? Especially in a league now where they are really focusing so much time and effort on concussions and head injuries. He tried to not just take his head off. I think he tried to murder the guy. I mean, you cannot get away with that. You start letting guys in the league get away with that shit, then your league is going to crumble, okay? Your league's going to crumble. We This is a league in which there's already so many dirty hits and helmet to helmet, but this is... This wasn't Odell Beckham Jr. making a tackle on someone. This was, you're out of the play, you sprint in because your eyes get wide open and you know you're, you're going to take a shot. That's intentional, that's dirty, that is a scumbag hit. And I think he should have been ejected and he should be suspended. Odell Beckham Jr. should not play another game this season. He shouldn't. And I'm not just saying that because he's on the Giants and we got this rivalry with the Giants here in New England. Odell Beckham Jr. could be playing for the Patriots. He could have reacted like that. And as a Patriot fan, I'd be coming in here telling you today that Odell Beckham Jr., even if he was a Patriot, should not play another game the rest of the season. Honestly, that you can't have that. That's absolute garbage what we saw yesterday. I have no problem with a receiver and a cornerback in a, in a big game with wearing their emotions on their sleeve. Again, some of the hits to the head with their hands, the swings they took at each other. It's a little too much, but I can live with that. I can't live with a guy running full speed into someone, diving head first, and he wasn't trying to make a block. He was trying to hurt him. All right? There's a difference here. And once you cross that line, and Odell Beckham Jr. clearly crossed that line, you have to make a statement if you're the league. And if you're the league, Odell Beckham Jr. should not be playing in another game the rest of the season. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. And I don't know. Here's what I'd like to know. I'd like to know if they showed I'd like to know if they showed that helmet to helmet replay in the stadium. I'm not sure they would have. Cuz it was in New York. Odell's in a giant. And so I'd like to know if Cam Newton saw that hit. Because after the game Cam Newton and Odell Beckham Jr. were in the middle of the field hugging each other. And it was an extended hug, and they were both saying something to each other. You saw them before the game giving daps and and smiling, having a good time. I don't think they were telling each other to, you know, go fuck yourself. I don't think they were doing that. I think that was a genuine embrace between the two who were friends. But I'm sorry. You if if I'm a if I'm Josh Norman and I see my quarterback, as good as Cam Newton has been, as dominant as he has been. As great as he is, and he was yesterday once again, and he is the MVP, it is not even up for debate. I see people trying to throw Russell Wilson's name into the conversation. Brady's name has always been in the conversation, all right? But I'm sorry, it's not up for debate. Cam Newton's the MVP. There might be guys in the conversation, but the conversation is very short. Cam Newton's the MVP. As good as he's been. If I'm Josh Norman, as good as Josh Norman has been this season, he's been great, I would hate to see my quarterback embracing in a full hug with the guy that just tried to take my head off in this game. I I, I wouldn't like to see that. So I'm I'm, I'm curious, if Cam Newton, if, if there was a replay in the stadium in the second half of that hit, Odell Beckham Jr., helmet to helmet on Josh Norman, Maybe there wasn't, so maybe Cam Newton didn't see that, and that's why he was embracing in a full hug. Uh, I wouldn't want my quarterback. Uh, you, you think Tom Brady, you think that if the Patriots are playing the Giants and Odell Beckham Jr. 
went full speed at Malcolm Butler and hit him like that in the head, you think that Tom Brady would be embracing in an all-out hug at midfield with Odell Beckham Jr. after the game? Tom Brady would not even acknowledge that guy. All right? Wouldn't even acknowledge him. So, if I'm Josh Norman, I would not like to see that. Now, maybe Cam's excuse is, oh, man, they didn't show the replay because we were in New York, so I didn't know that happened. So maybe if I had seen that happen, I would never be embracing uh, in a handshake or a hug with him after the game. And maybe that's, I don't know if they showed it or not in New York. If they did show it and Cam Newton saw it, well, you know, I think maybe him and Josh Norman need to have a conversation. Because if I'm Josh Norman, I wouldn't want to see that. I would not want to see my quarterback hugging that asshole. I wouldn't. And that's what Cam Newton was doing. But uh, just a crazy game. And, and I know people criticize Tom Coughlin for not taking Odell Beckham Jr. out of the game. But, I mean, how can you criticize him? You, Odell Beckham Jr. helped get him back into the game. They tied the game at 35. And then Cam Newton came roaring back, drove him downfield. They kicked the game-winning field goal. One heck of a finish. I, I can't sit here and blame Tom Coughlin. I blame the refs. They should, have, they should have kicked him out of that game. And the NFL should suspend Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of the season. They got two games left. Hey, they're still alive mathematically. But Odell Beckham Jr. should not play in a single game the rest of the season. That what we saw yesterday, that helmet-to-helmet hit, that attempted block slash um, attempted murder, Pretty much, right? I mean, and I say that in jest, obviously. But, man, that was that was as bad as you will see in... It's, a, it's as bad a hit as you're going to see, I think, in sports. Honestly. To take that... To take a... He took a run, Adam. Took a run, led with his head, lunged at his jaw. I mean... You know the intent to go along with it. It's insane that he didn't get kicked out of that game. That is a, that is as big a scumbag hit as you are ever going to see in sports. And he got away with it. The league should not let him get away with it now. All right? He should be suspended the rest of the season. So, that's... You know, that was an emotional game, but Carolina, here they are now, 14-0. and 0. Uh, Arizona last night, they win. They are now 12-2. and 2. Keep an eye on their injuries. And uh, look, Seattle, I mean, it's the Seattle Seahawks, and I mentioned Russell Wilson a few minutes ago, but uh, look, they, they were at home against the Cleveland team that they should beat. Uh, Russell Wilson is... Having a great go at it right now. I mean, he is really impressive to the point where, yes, I think people who want to put him in the MVP conversation, all right, fine. But again, it's a short conversation. Cam Newton's the MVP. But Russell Wilson, I think, you know, he does deserve a lot of praise for where he's taken the Seattle Seahawks team here moving forward. And you look at them and you say, well, right now, Seattle's the five seed. They're going to be going on the road and they're going to be playing Washington. And if they win that game, you know, Seattle is not going to get a home game unless some magical NFC championship game they would get against the Minnesota Vikings, in which they would be in Seattle. But that's not going to happen. It's pretty clear. Whoever is coming out of the NFC, they're going to need to go into places like Carolina 
Arizona, and perhaps even Green Bay. Green Bay wins yesterday. They beat Oakland. So even though Minnesota won, Minnesota's at 9-5. and five. Green Bay is at 10-4. and four. That'll be an interesting matchup between Minnesota and Green Bay in two weeks. Week 17, they very well could play each other back-to-back weeks. Week 17, and then, again, in the first round of the playoffs. So that is what the NFL looks like today on this Monday, December 21st, 2015. Two weeks left in the regular season. Again, I'll preview week 16 on Wednesday. Give my picks for week 16. Picks, picks, five games with the spread. Usually do it on Friday with the shortened week, the Christmas week, holiday week. I will give those picks on Wednesday, we get the Monday night game tonight, but I told you stay away from that. Just a couple other stories here, at least locally, before I get away from football. Um, we Another Tom Brady, Alex Guerrero story. You know Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's, what do we call him? His body coach? Is that what we're going with it? I don't even know. Business partner, you could call him? You know, with this stuff that comes out in the Boston Globe about how the team, you know, is sending players to the, the TB12 facility and how maybe that should factor into the salary cap if Tom Brady's company's getting paid by the team. What The story being is basically, and, and the timeliness of it, I just don't understand. I really don't. But it's another Brady-Alex Guerrero story, only this time going into their relationship with the Patriots. And um, to be quite honest with you, you know, the the one thing that I left this story going, wait a minute, what? What is going on here? The only thing is the fact that they found out Tom Brady back in the day, this is before he started eating, right? Tom Brady used to, after practice or after a game, he used to walk, he used to go down to the local sub shop, and he, here's, here's Tom Brady's meal of choice. Do you know what Tom Brady's meal of choice once was? I mean, if you didn't read the story, I, you'll never guess. And I've never seen anybody have this combination uh, for lunch. It's an interesting combination. I think I might try it sometime, though. Tom Brady's meal of choice used to be a ham and cheese sub with onion rings and an orange soda. Now, the orange soda isn't weird. The ham and cheese sub isn't weird. The onion rings with the ham and cheese sub is a little weird. Now, sometimes you get a sub, you get some fries with it. It depends on what type of sub you're getting, though, right? Ham and cheese with onion rings? I don't know. It's just, that's... It would not be on my radar. I wouldn't even think about ordering onion rings if I'm going to get a ham and cheese. Let's say you're making a ham and cheese at home. You just got cold cuts. You got a couple slices of bread. Maybe you got a roll. You want to throw it in, right? Ham and cheese. Toss a little mustard on there. You got any, Yeah, I don't know. You got any diced up, sliced up pickles you want to throw in there? It's a, it's a good little sandwich. Um, would you ever think of making onion rings? I never even think of making fries. If I'm eating a ham and cheese... I'm getting chips. Now, my cousin tweeted me yesterday. My cousin Bobby tweeted me yesterday. He said, I think they mean Funyuns. You know Funyuns, right? They're onion ring chips, I guess. And you know what? That could be it. I think he's right. It's got to be it. The more you think of it, there's no way you walk into a sub shop and go, "Uh, I'll get uh, 
some, I'll get a ham and cheese sub, and, you know, like, toss on some onion rings for me on, uh, in the fry later. You don't do that, right? That wouldn't even, I mean, I don't even know why you'd think of doing that. That's just a weird combination. Like I said, when you get a ham and cheese sandwich, you want some chips, a bag of chips, and he used to go with the Funyuns. Maybe, I, I think. That would, be ob- that would be obvious, but that's not what the story says. It doesn't say chips. It says onion rings. Unless I read it wrong. I'm pretty sure it says onion rings. That's the, I read that story yesterday before the Patriots-Titans game, and I'm going, that, that's the thing that jumped out at me. I'm like, Tom Brady used to eat ham and cheese with onion rings? That's a weird combination. So that's my thought on the Boston Globe story with Brady and Alex Guerrero. Uh, the other story, Patriots-related, and, and the bullshit that ensues surrounding the Patriots, is that reportedly, and this came up right before the game, reportedly the footballs yesterday at Gillette Stadium for Patriots-Titans, they were checked for the PSI level before the game, halftime, and I think maybe after the game too? They check them after? I don't know. Bottom line is they, they, they recorded the PSI levels. The NFL recorded. They, they didn't give us the official numbers. At least I haven't seen them. Maybe they come out. I don't think they will. I'd like at the end of the season to see the numbers of all the games they did and the weather at all of those games. I don't know if they're going to come out. I assume the NFL will release those numbers if they support their argument. If they don't, they probably won't release any to the public. But to be honest, I'm just completely over Deflategate. I'm in playoff mode. I, I, I come on the show every day and I give you the playoff picture. I'm, I'm fired up about the NFL playoffs, and it needs to get here soon. We hear this report yesterday that they're checking the PSIs of the footballs. I'm going, come on, would you? Are you really going to bring? First of all, I don't know how they leak it. This shouldn't be leaked. All right? So I was more pissed off that they leaked the story rather than they actually checked the PSI. Check the PSI. I don't care. But here's the deal. I hope you're randomly doing it for other teams around the league as well. Right? I mean, I hope you're doing it for every other team randomly. So I hope this isn't just strictly focusing on the Patriots. Uh, uh, and, and next time you do this, can you not let this stuff get leaked? Because I don't want to be sitting here talking about the Flakegate anymore, especially as we get into the playoffs with the Patriots to one seed. I don't, want to, I don't want it to be a topic of conversation. Let's play football. Make sure the officials get the stuff right with the footballs, and that's it. Okay? Let's, so let's try to move on from that. Obviously, after the playoffs are over, we're going to get the flake gate's going to come up again. But let's wait till then because the NFL is, you know, they've made their appeal, but it won't officially be heard until the first week of March, correct? Let's wait till then. Let's not do that now as we get into and closer to the NFL playoffs. Um, a couple weeks left in the regular season. So those are some of the other stories. Uh, that are going on around here in New England with regards to this Patriots team and uh, any other injury news and notes that come out here the next couple days because I'm sure there will be, I will react to it. But uh, what else do we got going on? Actually, before I talk about what we have going on tonight, how about Steve Harvey? Now, I have to give my take on this. Miss Universe pageant last night. You've seen it by now. Steve Harvey... He comes out, and he calls Miss Columbia. 
he, he, he crowns, literally crowned Miss Columbia the new Miss Universe. Okay? He announced it. They put the crown on her head. They gave her the flowers. All that shit. Steve Harvey, he came, he has to come back out on stage as she's crying, smiling, waving, everybody's cheering, standing, taking pictures. Miss Universe is Miss Columbia. Wait a minute. What's that? Oh, here comes Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey has to tell the world, the universe, that he fucked up. (laughs) He fucked up. He read the runner-up. That's what he says. He said, I messed up. I read the runner-up. The real winner is Miss Philippines. (laughs) And... So she comes over, and they have to take the crown off the poor girl's head and put it on Miss Philippines. Colombia! I have to apologize. The first runner-up is Colombia. (laughs) Miss Universe 2015 is Philippines. Miss Philippines, take your first walk as Miss Universe. Folks, let me just take control of this. This is exactly what's on the card. I will take responsibility for this. It was my mistake. It was on the card. Horrible mistake, but the right thing, I can show it to you right here. The first runner-up is Columbia. It is my mistake. Still a great night. Please don't hold it against the ladies. Please don't. We feel so badly, but it's still a great night. Thank you all. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions for both girls. Um, Now, of course, you'd rather be Miss Philippines at this point than Miss Columbia. Would anybody want to be Steve Harvey? Probably not. Unless you're going with my theory. You know what my theory is? My theory is that Steve Harvey did this on purpose. That's right. Did it on purpose. There is no way that Steve Harvey got up on that stage, didn't look at the... Didn't know. He knows. You know how I know he knows? You know how I know he knows? Because as he came back out and he was making this announcement, go back and watch it. The camera is going, before he even makes the announcement, the cameraman is zooming in on Miss Philippines and her reaction. Like, to me, it's just, when I go back and watch it again and again and again, I'm thinking, this is definitely staged. We are all talking about Miss Universe today. I'm talking about Miss Universe today. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Everybody's talking about him. Now, he's got family feud. He's got, listen. Negative publicity is not bad publicity for someone like this. So, 
Like, is this going to be the people say, well, this is the end of Steve Harvey. I got news for you. This, this could be just the beginning of Steve Harvey. This could be the best thing that ever happened to him. So we, people are going to be talking about me. Miss Columbia is going to go on shows. Miss Philippines on shows. Steve Harvey's going to go on shows. They're going to get more publicity for this than they would have if Steve Harvey came out and said, Miss Columbia is the new Miss Universe. And then what? They put the crown on her head. A couple people follow her on Twitter. A couple people creep on her on Instagram. And we all move on with our lives. Right? We're not moving on with our lives today because Steve Harvey fucked up. And whether you want to make fun of Steve Harvey, whether you want to feel bad for him, whether you want to feel bad for Miss Columbia, whether you want to dispute the, um, the final result, I mean, bottom line is this. The controversy for this type of, of, of show and event is a great thing for everybody involved, even the, even the girl who lost eventually, Miss Columbia. She, because she's going to be more popular now than the Miss Philippines. Miss Columbia is going to be more popular than she, now that she lost the crown and they literally ripped it off her head after giving it to her two minutes before, she's going to be more popular in this situation than she would have been if they kept the damn crown on her head. They keep that crown on Miss Columbia's head. Again, a couple people follow her on Twitter. She does a couple photo shoots. We all creep on her on Instagram. And, and then that's it. Then there's another Miss Universe pageant sometime down the line and someone else's crown. Right? That's it. That, no, this story is always going to stick with us. We're never going to forget this. And Steve Harvey, negative publicity, what, he's going to be making appearances everywhere, promoting what else, whatever else he does. So, uh, I don't buy, I don't believe that this actually happened. I believe this was staged. I believe that this was staged. You will never be able to convince me otherwise. It was staged. This, this, I watched it. I've watched it 17 times. Staged. Every time I say, not real. There's no way. I don't even think the emotions in this thing are real. Everything about it is fake. Everything. (laughs) <laughs> it's the talk of the town today. It's the top story. The top story in the world is the Miss Universe pageant and Steve Harvey messing up. You think that's by accident? You're nuts. It's not by accident. It's the best thing they've ever done. <laughs> Publicity-wise. Publicity-wise. That's who we had last night. Uh, tonight, Kevin Garnett returns to the TD Garden. I will be at this game And then the Bruins, don't look now, the Boston Bruins, they are one point behind the Montreal Canadiens for first place in the division. Bruins uh, with 42 points, 19-9-4 record. So we got a lot of time to talk about the Bees. I'm going to the Bruins game Tuesday night. I'm going to be in, and this is as a fan. I'm going as a fan, uh, a couple beers, two nights in a row. So busy week. At the Garden tonight for the KG return, Timberwolves playing the Celtics at the Garden tomorrow night for the Bruins game. I believe the St. Louis Blues are in town. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Bruins are going to be playing. Yeah, St. Louis Blues tomorrow night. So uh, short week, fun week, exciting week, Christmas week. Again, Wednesday, I'll give my picks for week 16 in the NFL, and I'll go over every game like I do every Wednesday, preview the entire week coming up, shortened week, only here today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Get this show 
whenever you want at dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. I've just been putting the shows on SoundCloud lately, but I don't know that I really like it, so I don't promote it that much. Uh, I would recommend subscribing on one of these apps like an iTunes or a Stitcher or a TuneIn. And also going to my website, you can download every show there and click the link and even listen on the media player that I have on my website. So make sure you do that. And um, again, follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard, like my Facebook page, anything that happens. We still, hey, Major League Baseball offseason, still got stuff going on. You could see some NBA trades the next couple weeks. Who knows? Uh, a lot could be going down, and of course, I'll keep my eyes on the injury reports around the league, especially here with this Patriots team. So banged up, more injuries yesterday, more question marks. We'll have to wait for some of the injury reports to come out later in the week, but when they do, I will react to it. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.